Hey everybody, welcome to Baseball Way of Life, the podcast. Yes, those of you familiar with the greatest Facebook group in the world, Baseball Way of Life, well, good news, we're scrapping the YouTube thing. Many of you have written to me and said, why don't you just do it like you're doing the Mets podcast for Mets Way of Life, for Baseball Way of Life. It's more accessible, it's easier, more convenient. And you know what? I've listened. And here it is. You asked for it, you got it, and that's what Baseball Way of Life is all about. That's what the great game of baseball is all about. Coming together as one and celebrating the great game of baseball. So thanks to you, we will now be a podcast instead of a YouTube cast. And I'm really looking forward to it. It gives me more and more time to delve into what I want to talk about, do more and more frequent broadcasts. And for all you Met fans out there, we'll be doing a Met podcast too, separately from this one. It'll still be on this channel. Keep your eye out for it. It'll probably be on a daily basis like it's always been. But I'm so excited, and I'm glad you guys have come along. So what are we going to do? We're going to elaborate on all the topics that are going on in baseball. And we are going to... As we've done in the past, cover all the topics that are in the Facebook group that are being discussed, do a little trivia, do a little Jeopardy. It's going to be fun. I'm glad you guys came aboard. Uh, The first thing I want to talk about, and it's been a hot, hot topic in our group, is your main Mercedes swinging on that 3-0 pitch the other day. A 47-mile-an-hour pitch against a replacement player in Tony Larusa and the controversy that surrounded it. Now, I don't know about you, I don't believe in the unwritten rule that you can't swing 3-0 and when your team is way ahead, especially when the opponent is actually putting a non-pitcher on the mound to complete the game, which is making a joke of it all to begin with. Uh, and if you really want to get technical, baseball is a game that does not have a time limit. So if you're winning by 10, 15 runs, whatever, in the last inning, one out to go, there is still a chance that the other team can come back and win the ball game. As ridiculous as that may sound, that probability is still there that a team can win, no matter what the circumstances and how far they are behind. So if a baseball player wants to uh, go ahead and swing 3-0, I say go for it. Uh, the game has changed. I, I, unwritten rules are unwritten rules. I think unwritten rules are about respect for one another. That's where unwritten rules come in. As far as swinging on a 3-0 pitch, especially when Williams, the D.O. is in there pitching in a 16-4 blowout. The game's being made a mockery of anyway. So if they want to win by 14 runs instead of 12, so be it. Uh... We have to get off this little cloud here where we're saying this can't be done. It's an unwritten rule. An unwritten rule, to me, is only viable if it's about respecting the player and, like, not coming in with the spikes high when you're sliding into a base. That's an unwritten rule. You just, now that's basically, you can't do that anyway. There are certain things where you're meant to do physical harm to a player. That's an unwritten rule. That should be abided by if there isn't a a written rule already. But as far as like trying to build a lead, since there is no timetable in baseball, I have no problem whatsoever with that.
That's just my opinion. I respect everyone's opinion. But I think the time to come, these unwritten rules sometimes just don't make sense. And like I said, if it was a timed game, then that's one thing. But baseball is not. It takes 27 outs, and you can score 20 runs with just one out to go. It never happens, but there is a possibility. So to me, there are, as far as playing the game to win, there are no unwritten rules. You play to get whatever advantage you want. I know times are changing, and baseball is a very, very competitive game now. A lot of money at stake. So every player has to look out for themselves. The team has to look out for themselves and do what they feel is right. And speaking of someone who's doing what they feel is right, how about Albert Pujols? Uh, he did what he felt was right by leaving the Angels, and now he's with the Dodgers. And my, oh my, he energized the Dodgers yesterday with a home run yesterday. Uh, no one really knows how this experiment's going to end for the Dodgers. Uh, but so far it has, has worked out even better than two sides imagined. Uh, from the Dodgers' standpoint, they've added another veteran, a cable bat off the bench, who could also get starts at first base. And Pujols has found new life and energy wearing the Dodger blue. This could be the perfect way to cap off his career. Uh... His homer yesterday was his first as a Dodger and his 668th homer in his illustrious career. He now has 3,256 hits, and that gives him uh, sole possession of 13th on the all-time list as he passed former Dodger Eddie Murray, even though Eddie Murray is more or less an Oriole. And he became the 39th player in history at a homer with both the Angels and the Dodgers. How about that? Who would have thought there's 39 players who have done that with the Angels and the Dodgers? Uh... Pujols seems to be happy as a Dodger, and seems like the organization is also happy to have him. Uh, he's made four appearances, three starts for the Dodgers this week, and has made an impact in all of them. He recorded his first RBI and his team debut on Monday and drove in another run on Tuesday on a hit-by-pitch. On Wednesday, he singled as a pinch hitter to load the bases, and two batters later, the Dodgers took the lead. But no swing was more impressive than the one on Thursday. I don't know if you got to see it, but Pujols took a 0-1 cutter. 0-1 cutter from Diamondback starter Merrill Kelly. That was away and drove it to right center for a home run. That's that powerful swing of Pujols. It carried 375 feet and an exit velocity of 99.2 miles per hour. And it came against a right-handed pitcher. And uh, this year Pujols was only batting 161 and 62 at-bats against righties this season. But the way he hit that ball yesterday, you could never have guessed he was struggling against righties so far. And I think the Dodgers are kind of excited about the attitude and personality that Kershaw, as Clayton Kershaw said, that Pujols is bringing to the clubhouse every day. And he, Pujols really does seem excited to be in his role. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, Pujols may have been that jump start the Dodgers needed after getting off to a little bit of a slow start. Uh, I shouldn't say slow start. They were off to a great start, and then they hit the skids for a while. So uh, we'll see. And we're getting to that point now where it's coming towards the uh, later stages of May, and there's always kind of trade talk. Teams that you know aren't going to contend like the Rangers. Uh, there a lot of people are talking about Joey Gallo. Uh, and the, 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 it's really heating up as far as the Yankees are concerned. Uh, Joey Gallo profiles as a perfect fit. Good on base skills and left-handed power bat. 
but will the Rangers move him? Uh, he's making $6.2 million in 2021. He's eligible for salary arbitration for one more year before he can reach free agency. Uh, there's no team that could use him more than the Yankees. Uh, but do the Yankees really need another bat, or is it pitching that they need? I know Domingo and Armand and Corey Kluber really exceeded expectations so far, but Jameson Tyone has really been disappointing. And uh, it looks like he's joining that list of Javier Vasquez, Jeff Weaver, and James Paxton, who maybe just won't be panning out as Yankees. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and then another guy that's going to be talked about is Trevor Story. Uh, a lot of teams may be in the mix for him. Uh, probably the Brewers and the A's make the most sense, but we'll see what happens there. And then the Dodgers. You know, the Dodgers are always going to go out and try and improve themselves, but what will they do? You never have enough pitching. It wouldn't surprise me if the Dodgers maybe ship around for some pitching. Uh, but it's really hard to say that a lot of teams are going to be active in the trading deadline. It's been a, a year of parity so far. And of the seven of the week's 30 teams, or, or, there's only seven teams out of 30 that are more than six games out of the playoff spot entering Thursday. So... That's usually the the benchmark of whether or not you're in a pennant race is if you win six games. So 23 teams are technically in a pennant race. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, teams like the Royals, are they selling or holding on to their pieces for the next season? It's going to be interesting for sure. Uh, it's still early. But it's always a good topic for discussion. Another good topic for discussion is Jacob DeGrom. Is he going to be okay when he returns? Well, if you go by last night, he struck out eight of the ten batters he faced in a rehab start yesterday. He threw 41 pitches and three innings work against Palm Beach Cardinals. Uh, I think every one of those Palm Beach Cardinal players will remember that game forever. He allowed just one base runner on an error and striking out eight of the ten batters he faced. According to the opponent's radar gun, the ground touched 102 miles per hour. Uh, the St. Louis affiliate had little fun to do with that. So it looks like Jake is back, and that may be his only start in the minor leagues, and then he'll be coming back. But uh, we'll see. Oh, you know who else is up for trade talk with the Yankees? Delino DeShields. Uh, I guess they were down there, and according to Ken Rosenthal, the Yankees may be interested in Delino. Uh, he struggled with injuries in the outfield recently at the Yankees. Uh, Gene Costin, Aaron Hicks, uh, all injured and Quinn Frazier's dealing with a neck issue. Uh, and DeShields has played very well. He's been 412 in uh, 40 appearances with a 706 OPS so far in the minors this year. So keep that one open. You never know. You never know what's going to happen there. Pause for hydration. Stop. And what else we got going on? Let's see what else is going on. Ah, have you guys heard of the Bishop Brothers? They're both Giants organization, and uh, they're looking to make it big. It'll be interesting to see if they do uh, team up with the Giants for a while. 
Kind of reminds you of the Alu brothers, doesn't it? When all three Alu brothers are worth the Giants. Uh, but you know who is making it big? J.D. Martinez. He came up big, big, big yesterday. Uh, it's 250 homer, 250th homer in the ninth inning one yesterday. And uh, the Red Sox were down to their last out. So who better to have up at the plate than J.D. Martinez? Uh, came down to that for the Red Sox on Thursday night at TD Park in Dunedin, Florida. Going to miss those games in Dunedin when they moved to Buffalo. They were fun. Liked watching them. Good, good for the eyes. But J.D. didn't disappoint yesterday. He delivered... Uh, what may be the most thrilling Red Sox win of the year. Uh, he delivered them to victory. And uh, that's saying a lot because the Red Sox have really played well and played a lot of great games so far. But with two outs in the top of the ninth, Martinez loaded on an 0-1 slider from Rafael Dolez for a go-ahead two-run homer that led the Red Sox to a hugely satisfying 8-7 win over the Blue Jays. Uh, the way to normally low-key Martinez clutched his fist as he ran around the bases showed how satisfied. It was just a big at-bat, said Martinez. Big situation against a team, a team that we're going to be battling with all year. To kind of steal one like that is a big, big one for us. They're on our heels in the standings. I know it's early, but anytime we play them, there are games you kind of gain, kind of gain those gaps on. So it was a big one. That AL East is fun this year, isn't it? Oh, my God. Everyone thought the NL East was going to be the division, but that's basically the weakest division in baseball. But in the AL East, you got the Red Sox. The Rays have really come on strong. The Yankees are healthy and starting to pitch and hit. And, of course, you got the Blue Jays, who may be, in a year or two, the team in the AL East. So, fun, fun division this year. Uh, but all the Red Sox are stepping up for them. Uh, Bobby Dalbeck had a Big blast, a three-run homer in the second inning for the Red Sox. Uh, Verdugo's played well all year. And uh, Red Sox are on their way to Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. That's going to be a fun series. I love those interleague matchups when it's two teams that intrigue you. The two teams that do intrigue me are the Red Sox and the Phillies. Another team that always intrigues me is the Cubs. Uh they came up big. Looks like Washington may be struggling a bit this year, but that didn't stop the White Cubs from pounding them. Uh, they'll take advantage of anybody, and they took three out of four from Washington. Uh, and the Cubs are one of those teams. Are they going to be sellers? Are they going to be buyers? There's more than two months remaining until baseball's trade deadline. But the clock to that moment has quickly ticking beneath each Cubs game this season, dating back to the winter months. So when President of Operations Jed Hoyer met with the media via Zoom in the hours ahead of Thursday's 5-2 win over the Nationals, it made sense that the July 30th deadline dominated the conversation. There's still uncertainty over the direction Hoyer will take with both his October and future years front of mind. Uh, but it, I, my personal belief is if you're the Cubs, you got to go for it. Uh, if you have a chance to win your division which means you'll have a chance to win the league championship. And anything happens once you win the championship, you get to the series. you got to go for it. Uh, I think the Cubs need to keep an open mind about this. And then you get performances like the one you did for me and Happy. I say two-run two home run performance. And now the Cubs have won three or four against Washington and they've won five or seven. 
that pushed the Cubs over the break even more, 22 and 21. And now this weekend series with the Cards is going to be huge. Cards are 25 and 18, leading the National League Central. So the Cubs could put a dent in that lead. They sweep, they're tied. So it's going to be fun. But you still have to remember that the Cubs have more than a dozen players, including core pieces like Baez, Bryant, and Rizzo, who could hit the free margin, free agent market next offseason. Uh, that creates a situation where each win and loss over the next two-plus months could influence this Hoyer's approach. But like, if you're the Cubs, just don't rush, rush the decision. Uh, these players are... Uh, Debatable and questionable as whether or not I keep them or not because they're just damn good players. Baez, Brian, Rizzo, a lot of teams will want them. So if a lot of teams want them, wouldn't you think that maybe you should keep them? But we shall see. Uh, but the Cubs, they've managed to hang in there. Uh, everyone wants to rip them apart. I think one of the things that may have hurt them was getting rid of you, Darvish, during the offseason. But what are you going to do? All right, when we come back, we're going to do our usual fun stuff. We're going to have our baseball Jeopardy question of the day and our baseball trivia question of the day. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Now, before we continue on any further, we're going to do our fun segment of the day, which consists of baseball Jeopardy and the baseball trivia question of the day. Who's ready? Okay, first we're going to start off with the Baseball Jeopardy of the day. There are two clues. I'll read them both, and then you lock in your answers. At the end of the broadcast, we'll tell you how you did. The first clue is, was the first pitcher accumulate 30 major league home runs? The second clue, the first native of North Carolina to receive a Hall of Fame vote. So once again, your clues are, was the first pitcher to accumulate 30 major league home runs and the first native of North Carolina to receive a Hall of Fame vote. Lock in your answers. Now we're going to do our trivia question of the day. Ready? Today's baseball trivia question of the day is, what major league batter holds the record for most consecutive games with a strikeout? Once again, what major league batter holds the record for most consecutive games with a strikeout? Okay, lock in your answers, and we'll be back at the end of the broadcast so you know how you did. That's how we roll here. That is how we roll. And now what we're going to do is say happy birthday. You say it's your birthday. We're going to have a good time. Well, these following baseball players were born on this day. Hall of Famer Earl Averill. Twins legend Kent Herbeck. One of the greatest enigmas in baseball history. Josh Hamilton. Also celebrating a birthday, Matt Weeters. Happy birthday, Matt. Happy birthday to Eddie Milner, former Cincinnati Red. How about happy birthday to Andrew Miller, the man who made relieving in all innings cool. Happy birthday to Bob Molinaro. How many of you guys remember Bob Molinaro? 
I remember him with the White Sox, but he bounced around with a few teams. And how about a happy birthday wish to one of the greatest managers of all time? Believe he's the all-time leader in manager rejections, Bobby Cox. Well, that's our fun segment of the day, and we'll be back with the answers to the trivia and Jeopardy right after that. But let's move forward, ho, as they like to say in the business. Uh, hey, how about those Buckos? Buckos beat the slumping bra- Bravos. Bravos are not. Remember, everyone was saying like I think Van Graaff said. Braves would only win like 83, 84 games this year. I can't remember the exact figure, but the baseball world is, was in a tizzy. Well, they may have been right about that. We'll see. But uh, the Pirates knocked off the Braves yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and Frazier. Frazier made sure the Braves went down. Adam Frazier. Down go the Braves. He was four for five against the Braves yesterday. And he is right hot. He's now batting 556, 15 for 27 in his past six games. That doesn't even include two walks drawn, drawn over that span as well. Uh, so it was nice. You always want to see teams like the, well, I do anyway, the low money teams and smaller markets do well. But sometimes you got to spend money too. I'm wondering if the Pirates are just sitting on their wallets, so. In a way, I want them to win, but I also want them to try and be competitive. But big win for the Bucks yesterday. Uh, and I don't know what's going on with the Braves. They're going to have to get their act together soon. And if you want to see another no-hitter, how about you go and watch Kyle Seeger play? Kyle Seeger. What are you talking about? You want to see a no-hitter, go when Kyle Seeger's playing well. He has now been a part of nine no-hitters. And that's the most by any player in Major League history with a single franchise. Nine with the Mariners. Uh, he was on. He was in the lineup when Felix Hernandez hurled his no-no. The four Mariner pitchers that Seager was in the game when they threw no-hitters for are Felix Hernandez in 2012, and remember, the Mariners had a combined effort in 2012. And Hisashi Iwakuma in 2015. And then James Paxton in 2018. Uh, Seeger was also there when the uh, Mariners got no-hitted by Philip Humber in 2012. Angels had a combined effort in 2019. The Astros had a combined effort in 2019. John Means in 2021. And Turnbull in 2021. Spencer Turnbull in 2021, the latest. That's kind of weird, isn't it? That's what makes the big, big game of baseball so fun to watch. How about the Yankees yesterday? They decided to rest Gio Urshela and Aaron Judge yesterday. And who knew? Those two guys would be one of the key figures in the game yesterday. Uh, They were getting the day off after Kluber's uh, first career no-hitter. And show has had a bothersome left knee of late, so he got rested. But uh, it was a pitcher's duel yesterday. I don't know if you got to watch that matinee game. Domingo Herman and Dane Dunning threw six innings with throwing zeros up on the board. But then Aaron Boone decided, hey, he has too many weapons on the bench not to use them. So 
With runs on first and third, only one out of seven. The pinch hit Urshela for Mike Ford. And he came up a winner. On a 2-0 count, Urshela smacked a sharp single to right field that dropped directly in front of David Dahl. It's one of those balls where maybe Dahl had a shot if he gambled, but if he lost it, it might have been an inside-the-park homer. Uh, and uh, Rugnet Odor scored to... Uh, the breakthrough run, the Yankees 2 nothing win over the Rangers at Globe Field. Uh, but Urshela wasn't the only one coming off the bench to join the fun as uh, Aaron Judge came up as a pinch hitter to replace Tyler Wade with two out. Two runners still aboard after Miguel Andujar struck out. And Judge delivered as well, hitting a single off center to an insurance run for the Yankees. I think Judge was like 0 for 10 as a pincher in his career coming into that. So nice to see him come through. But how about Domingo Herman? He uh, twirled a high, tying seven scoreless innings as high for the year with six hits, five strikeouts, and no walks. That earned him his fourth win of the season. He improved 4-0 with a 1.93 ERA in his past six starts since April 22nd. Of course, it's always tough to follow up but Cooper's performance, but believe me, the Yankees will take performance like that from Herman or any other pitcher any day of the week. But, uh... Yeah, Judge was 2-for-11 in pitch-hitting appearances, and Judge wasn't doing that much better. Urshela, did they say Urshela was 2-for-11 as a pinch-hitter, and Judge 0-for-10. So it just goes to show on any given day, things can change. And you know, one thing we don't want to see change is Shohei Otani. Oh my goodness, is this guy unbelievable. Uh, his fastball wasn't that sharp. This is only, you know, got to ask, maybe you're not... Uh, the drop in velocity, fastball went down to 91.3 miles per hour, which is a 4.7 mile per hour dip. Uh, but Joe Madden's not really concerned, he said. He said that despite Otani's high usage, he is proving that the two-way star understands how to manage his body and is doing it at a high level. Otani's something else. He leads the majors in home runs with 14, and he has a 2.37 ERA and 30 in the third innings on the mound. Uh... He is really unbelievable. Uh, the Angels, they got to get. It's going to be tough without Trout, that's for sure. They're going to be struggling. But one team that's not struggling right now is the Giants. Nineteen runs yesterday. Oh boy, they really hit the ball yesterday. Oh my goodness. And uh, you talk about every place, every player that they got to like hopefully work out for them has been working out for them. How about Steven Duggar yesterday? hit his first career Grand Slam home run, which highlighted a nine-run third inning. And it wasn't a cheap home run either. It was a 427-foot bomb with a 105.1 mile per, per mile exit velocity that smacked off the window of the batter's eye below the Cincinnati Bell Riverboat deck. He hit it a ton. Uh, but he wasn't the only hitter the Giants had it. Who had a great afternoon. Evan Longoria had a two-run homer. Darren Ruff had a two-run blast of his own and fell a triple short of the cycle. Brandon Crawford, who was awarded YouTube Player of the Game for his sixth RBI day, had a three-run shot in the fifth, increasing his lead for most homers on the team with 11. Dubon had a pair of hits. And Mike Yastrzemski with the gut eye. He had three walks. The only shortcoming in giant offense on Thursday that they were so a home run shy of completing the home run cycle. <laughs> so they were doing it all doing it all, but they're going to be going against the tough Dodger arms this weekend, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, 
but this will prove it whether or not they're ready to play with the big boys. Now, how about the injuries? Uh, George Springer's had a rough go out of it. Uh, but he's back. He's been on the injured list twice already this season, but he's throwing and taking batting practice with the Jays, but not yet running at full speed. And uh, it's basically his ability to run the bases that's going to determine when he comes back. How about the Mets? you got a laundry list of Met players on the DL. And uh, the big one I have all of them is Jacob DeGrom. Uh, he's recovering from right side tightness, and he threw 41 pitches over three innings in a rehab start with St. Lucie on Thursday. He's been on the IL since May 11th, is eligible to return to the Mets on Friday, but is not expected to be activated until next week at the earliest. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, after all this time, he suited up for St. Lucie in a rehab assignment on Wednesday, the first time he pitched in a competitive game since his Tommy John surgery in May, March 2020. Uh, Taiwan Walker exited Monday start with left side tightness. He was placed on a 10-day IL. And Kevin Pillar, oof. Oh, my God. That was scary the other day. Uh, he'll undergo surgery next week and will be able to resume baseball activities around 10 to 14 days after the procedure. It was brutal when he was hit by that 94.5-mile-an-hour fastball against the Braves, that which resulted in multiple nasal fractures. So wishing Kevin a speedy recovery. Uh, JT Realmuto. Dealing with a bone bruise at the base of his palm, which sits opposite the thumb, and has kept him out of the lineup since Saturday. Uh, but it doesn't look like JT is going to go on the DL. Uh, Anthony Rizzo and Javier Baez were out of the lineup on Wednesday. Rizzo exited Tuesday's game early with a back issue, and Baez dealt with a back ailment earlier this month. Uh, so the Cubs are also a victim of those bumps and bruises. Uh, Mike Mikolos and Carlos Martinez and the Cardinals. Uh, Nicholas is actually slated to make his much anticipated return to a big league mound Saturday uh, so he's back and uh, Carlos Martinez is expected back and he'll be pitching against the Pirates in their series for the Angels Cody Bellinger and Zach McKinstry Bellinger fractured fibula and McKinstry strained right oblique are each going out on a rehab assignment with AAA Oklahoma City beginning Friday May take Bellinger a little longer to return to the active roster in McKinstry because Bellinger was limited in spring training and only had 19 at-bats during the regular season before getting hurt. And then the big one, Mike Trout. Uh, he came out of the Angels game against Cleveland after the first inning Monday night with a right calf strain and was placed on a 10-day injured list last Tuesday. He could miss six to eight weeks. And uh, he sustained the injury while running the bases. Alex Kirilov and Michael Pineda. Karloff will begin a rehab assignment with AAA St. Paul on Wednesday and could return to the Twins as soon as this weekend series in Cleveland, Rocco Baldelli said. And Pineda, meanwhile, has been placed on a 10-day injured list due to an abscess on his inner thigh. Gary Sanchez. He had to leave Tuesday's game against the Rangers with cramping in his left hamstring, the Yankees announced, and he was in the starting lineup on Wednesday. Uh, Wilmer Flores had to exit Tuesday's game against the Reds in the second inning due to hamstring tightness. He was not in the starting lineup Wednesday. Neither was Belt, who was dealing with left side tightness and hasn't played since Wednesday. Looks like a lot of leg and hamstring injuries these days, doesn't it? Kayon Kayla, the uh, Padres, went on the one Tommy John surgery with Mr. Rain this season. And Chris Davis from the Orioles underwent arthroscopic hip surgery on Wednesday to side on him through the end of the season. So, tough blow for the Orioles there. What hasn't been tough so far, the uh, 
doubts that people had about the Houston Astros. They're back in first place in the AL West. Now the question is, how do they stay there? Uh, well, the key is, and I've always said this, the key is to do well against your division. And they just have to keep performing like they have against the rest of the division for the remainder of the season. That would get the job done. If they're beating the A's 8-4 on Thursday afternoon in Oakland for the seventh time in 10 innings this year, and that's the difference. The Astros took over sole possession of first place. Uh, like I said, division games are so key. I think in the National East, the, the team with the best interdivision record has won the division since 2015 every year. But it's going to help the Astros with Alex Bregman, now 9 for 18 in his last five games, playing a coy, saying it's too early to look at the standings. But Houston, which has won 11 of its last 14 games, improved to 21-9 against the AL West this year. The Astros lead the division for the first time since they were in first place tie with the Angels on April 12th. And they're going to look to put some difference, distance between them and the A's, I think. Uh, and it could happen. Oakland spent 27 days alone in first place, but yet to play any team in the AL West other than Houston. The A's are 12 and 15 against the team with a winning record, and the Astros are 12 and 7. And like Dusty Baker says, you certainly have to win in your division. So they're doing okay, and the offense has been nothing but short of relentless recently, averaging 6.6 .6 runs per game in the last 14 games. They're slashing 315, 381, 509 with 22 homers in that span. Jose Altuve is on a 14-game hitting streak, which he's hitting 400, 24 for 60 with 9 RBIs and 8 walks. Uh, and their starting pitching's been solid, posting a 3.35 ERA in the last 14 games. And they should get left-handed Framber Valdez and right-handed Jake Odorizzi off the injured list in the next couple weeks. And that's going to help provide depth. Uh, the A's are here. The doubters, what can I say? You're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> And we'll be right back with the final uh, Jeopardy and baseball trivia question answers that you've been looking forward to. Okay, here it is. We're back for our final baseball Jeopardy and baseball trivia questions of the day. Who's ready? Okay, the first two clues, well, there were only two clues. Here are the clues for our baseball Jeopardy. Was the first pitcher to accumulate 30 major league home runs? Second clue was first native of North Carolina to receive a Hall of Fame vote. Everyone got their answers locked in? Good. The correct answer is, who is Wes Farrell? Now, today's baseball trivia question was, what major league batter holds the record for most consecutive games with a strikeout? Well, the correct answer is Aaron Judge with 37 consecutive games. So hope you guys got the answers right, and I want to thank you all for competing. Uh, it was fun. And uh, I hope you like the new format. We're going to be strictly on podcasts from now on. Uh, that's what you guys have requested. And I have listened. It's more accessible for you guys. And I'm here to listen. So, every day we'll be here, maybe more than once a day if I have something to say. And you know me, I always have something to say. So, 
I am so glad that you guys are making the transition. And good news is we're on Stitcher, too. If you ever want to reach out to me, my email address is philstan41 at gmail.com. I'd be glad to get in touch with you and uh, listen to your ideas. Anything to make this podcast, your podcast, to come through every day for baseball. Yes, I am so glad you guys are part of the greatest baseball group in the world, Baseball Way of Life. I hope this podcast compliments it. And if you're not a member of the group, by all means, do join. What are you waiting for? We're almost 10,000 strong. So, big weekend of baseball coming up. Hope you guys enjoy the games. And, uh, like I said, it's an honor and a privilege to have all you guys as followers and members of the group. Love you all. And I love you guys as much as I love the great game of baseball. And you know that's a lot. So, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the weather. Summer's almost on the way, and our summer game is in full bloom. Take care, and I'll talk soon.